1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Politicus, the podcast from Palkus. Another exciting episode, and we are very excited today because we have our first elected official from the great state of Connecticut, and at the same time, our first public official that has been elected to a school board. As our listeners know, we try to have a variety of Portuguese-American public officials from both coasts of the United States, and we have had senators, we've had legislators from the assemblies, we have... Had city council, mayors, and this is indeed our first uh, public elected official to a, a school board. So, Anna, welcome. We are happy to have you on. And if you will start by giving us a brief intro about yourself who is Anna Kavanaugh, and who um, and uh, basically how you got involved in this great work of serving our community through public service, in this case, through a school board.
2: So thank you, and um, good evening, and, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my name, again, is Anna Kavanaugh. My uh, maiden name is actually Martins, because you probably think Kavanaugh isn't too Portuguese, but I my <laughs> maiden name is Martins. I've been um, a Connecticut resident most of my life. I was born here. My parents immigrated here in the 70s, and I grew up in the state of Connecticut, and um, uh, went through the public school system here in Connecticut and was a very proud product of the Connecticut public school system. But also had the opportunity to grow up in a in a very affluent Portuguese community in Hartford, Connecticut, and had the opportunity to also go through Portuguese school and Sunday school through um, through Our Lady of Fatima in Hartford. So very proud to be a part of that community. I also had the opportunity to go to college. So. Um, The first generation of going and completing college in my family um, and attended University of Connecticut and um, completed the uh, School of Pharmacy program there. So I am actually a pharmacist by degree. So education has always been really close to, to my heart and I feel like you can learn something every day. I, uh, after I completed my pharmacy degree, I had the opportunity to actually do a residency and move to Washington, D.C. for a year and had an opportunity to kind of move into a totally different area and kind of continuing my education in pharmacy but at a different level from a public policy perspective and kind of keeping the career of pharmacy in the forefront. And then um, once I completed my residency, I actually had the opportunity to move back to Connecticut and shortly afterwards got me married, and I have three children, and that's where I've decided to raise my family in Canton, which is a small suburb um, northwest of Hartford, about 40 minutes outside of Hartford, and that's where I've lived for the last almost 20 years. About, I would say, almost five years ago, I got approached by my town officials when they um, had seen some of the work that I had done, being very involved parent, because both all three of my children go to public school systems with my involvement with the school boards and their local PTOs, which is the Parent Teachers Association or PTAs, organizations. And so I had the opportunity to actually run for office for an open board of education seat. The seats here in Canton are four-year terms, And so I had the opportunity to run. And I figured, because education has always been very close to my heart, and it's something I'm very passionate about, and something that I felt that I could make a difference was something that I wanted to do so I ran and I luckily enough I, I won my seat and um, completed actually my four-year term and this past November ran for re-election and also won uh, my second re-election so I'm starting my I started my second four-year term in December <laughs>
1: Do you mind telling us a little bit about the district that you uh, represent and is it a unified district? Is it elementary, secondary? Uh, tell us a little bit about the demographics and a little bit about that district for us, please.
2: Absolutely. So Canton is what I would call a lighthouse district. We're part of the Farmington Valley. It consists of four schools and it's a twelve school district. So within the school district, we have four schools. We have Cherrybrook Primary School, which is a pre-K through third grade. Then we have a Canton Intermediate School, which is fourth through sixth grade. Our middle school is seventh and eighth. And then we have our high school, which is ninth through twelfth. So that's, you know, again, you know, our goal and our mission within the Canton Public School System is to really Prepare independent, productive, respectful, and responsible citizens who can contribute to the next generation of our world so really proud to be a part of that. Um, our goal is to continuously improve um, and have a strong educational legacy and traditions within our town We're kind of unique we're a very small town, but at the same time uh, we are not regionalized, so we are within our own district and that really provides our students with the opportunity of almost a private school setting and a public school platform. So really, really lucky to have my all three of my children in the school system.
1: And uh, when you were approached to uh, run for the school board, uh, was it something that you had thought of in the past or was it just something that came out of uh, being approached by someone you knew in the community?
2: You know, I had never thought of it, to be honest with you. I had done a lot of work. I had volunteered in the schools, in their big school events, dances, fundraisers, and felt that I had done, you know, done a lot of work, but I didn't realize how much more work needed to be done by volunteers. And that's exactly what, you know, the opportunity that came to me was, you know, this being on the board, you know, it's it's a significant commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually meet twice a month as a board in a public forum. And then there's a lot of different types of committees that each board member has to take responsibility for. So I've had the opportunity to do teachers' negotiations for their contracts. I've had the opportunity to be part of policy. Um, right now I'm doing communications and curriculum. So determining textbooks. And then there's also this whole component of budgets because you know, because we are a public school system, we have to work on within a budget, wow. and that is something that every, every state, every district is struggling, at, you know, every year, and I feel like it doesn't get any easier, and so we try to make sure that at the end of the day, we are able to stretch our, our dollar to the max so that each student can take um, advantage of what we can provide in that public school setting.
1: And in that area, is there a? I know Hartford has a significant uh, Portuguese American community. In your area, is there one as well?
2: You know, in Kiaton, I would say not as many. I would say there's probably a few families that are Portuguese within Kiaton, but within the Farmington Valley, which consist, I would say, of Canton, Avon, Simsbury, Farmington, more and more of the generation of my generation growing up, a lot of those families have moved more into the suburbs and outside of Hartford. Even though I I was born in Hartford, I grew up in West Hartford, which had a significant amount of Portuguese. And I would say there are still a lot of Portuguese families that live in that arena. A lot of my family does too. But I would say where I live, not as many. So it's really important for me to continue um, bringing the Portuguese roots to my, to my children and to my family. And so we do go into Hartford quite a bit. We celebrate Dia de Portugal um, in June, and we go to all the different fastas that the, that the, the church um, hosts or even our Portuguese club hosts. So we try to kind of keep those connectivities, and it's really, really important for me.
1: And obviously, in the uh, in that whole area, and you know, of course, Hartford very well, and and, and the state of Connecticut. I'm sure there aren't uh, as many Portuguese Americans as one would like in in public office. Do you think that uh, with your generation, obviously the immigrant generation? You know, people were just uh, integrating and becoming aware of the new country. But uh, as uh, first and second and third generations move on, you think that's something that we will see a few more, such as yourself, involved, not just in um, uh, school boards, but also city council, et cetera?
2: I sure hope so. Um, I know a couple of of close friends here in Connecticut that are involved either in the school boards or in other um, other official capacities. I would hope so. I think we have a lot to um, bring to the table, other than our backgrounds, our work ethic, and our and our compassion that our families, our parents, and our grandparents, many that came over here, brought with them. Um, and so I think it's going to be important for folks like myself and for the next generation to stay involved because if if we don't policies and and laws will get into place that will affect our children and the next generation to come. So I I hope to see more folks become more involved. I do feel folks are intimidated sometimes in becoming involved, but I can tell you that being a board, a school board member has been most one of the most rewarding and challenging opportunities that I have had and I'm very very proud um, to be a school board member in my town.
1: Yeah, sometimes people don't realize how much uh, school board members have an important voice. I mean, uh, you know, all politics is local, as it's been said many times of many people, and you actually do have a significant voice in the education uh, of young people.
2: You absolutely do, and it's amazing how folks will stop me at the grocery store or if I'm at a school event, and they want to have someone listen to their issue or what they would like to see happen in the next school budget or the next school year. And so that's exactly what I'm here to do. I'm 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 here to be their soundboard. I'm here to hear their concerns and what they would like to see and you know the fact that I can help shape what our school district is going to look like in the next five and ten years is something that they even going to go beyond what my children are going to be in this district, so I'm really proud of that.
1: One of the things that you mentioned that you had uh, been involved in the Portuguese language school, I'm sure one of the community schools uh, that there are many yeah. in, heart, in in the uh, Connecticut and throughout uh, the East Coast. How do you see uh, the uh, Portuguese language education? as Someone who was uh, already born in the States, but obviously I saw by your pronunciation you speak Portuguese well. So how do you see Portuguese language education? is it something that is becoming more into the public uh, schools as well because as um, with uh, being involved in education myself, and also with the uh, many friends that I have uh, in both coasts, our teachers, more and more, first and second generation Portuguese Americans don't have their children in the uh, community schools. And so we kind of look now at public schools. So how do you see the whole mm-hmm. issue with Portuguese language teaching? Is it something that you see that mm-hmm. maybe in your district and other districts there will be opportunity for Portuguese language teaching at the high school level?
2: Yeah, I would love to see more of it. Um, right now. Um, the closest Portuguese school for us is in Hartford. None of the local high schools, local districts around us offer Portuguese. Right now, our district where, my, where I'm the school board member on, we offer um, Spanish, um, and we start that in a pretty young age. And, we, and, and in the high school, we also offer Chinese. Um, at one time, we were offering French, but unfortunately, due to budgetary cuts, they decided to drop the French. I would love if we had the opportunity to teach more Portuguese, but I don't, one, see enough teachers to be able to do that, and two, enough interest. I think a lot of times they kind of bucketed in with Spanish. Um, I was lucky enough that My my parents did put me in Portuguese school, and I also had the opportunity to live in Portugal when I was younger, so I was able to really master my Portuguese, and it's something that I will always treasure and always be very thankful that my parents sacrificed to give that to us. What I've been doing with my own children, because it is difficult to kind of balance and and, and, and drive them into um, Hartford, which is about 45 minutes, 40 minutes away one in one direction, I do try to teach them on my own. They do take Spanish. So I think the key importance is learning the language. And so I try to teach them on my own. They're very lucky they have grandparents that speak both Portuguese and English. And um, the grandparents also speak Portuguese to them. So we try to infuse them the language as much as possible. And more, uh, I think even more importantly, too, is also the customs. And so we, we try to instill the customs on them as, you know, as, as they grow up so that they realize that, yes, they are American, but they come from Portuguese, uh, a Portuguese mom and Portuguese grandparents. So that's really important for them to understand.
1: And you um, just on a personal basis, of course uh, not being married to someone with a Portuguese background, how do you uh, kind of um, how do you reconcile both of those? I mean is it something that uh, it can be taught both cultures uh, right side by side, correct?
2: Absolutely. So um, I have a wonderful husband of a, actually 20 years this year um, who comes from an Irish background and I think those are two beautiful nationalities that match together very well. We teach our children the Irish culture and then also just as important, the Portuguese culture. And actually, even this summer, we're actually going to be doing a trip overseas and we're going to do visit Ireland for the first time. And then we're going to be visiting our beautiful Portugal, um, which will be, you know, the third trip that my children have done already since they, they, they've been born. So really excited to bring them there.
1: Fantastic. One of the other questions uh, having to do with the political world. Um, So school board, uh, many times it's just a stepping stone for lots of people to get involved in other uh, aspects of the political world. Have you thought about uh, doing anything else besides the school board?
2: Yeah, you know, I as I said, um, I am starting my second term uh, of my four year term. So I'm in year one. I will never say never. I mean, like I said, uh, this is kind of like my second job. I am a pharmacist as my first job, um, and actually, I, I will take that back. I'm actually mom first, and then I do. I do. But what pays the bill is, is is being a pharmacist, and I have the opportunity to kind of do a lot of great work in that area and healthcare. I love education, um, and you know, I definitely am going to enjoy continuing my work over the next three, three and a half years as I complete my term. I will say never is never. I think it's more, it's important to stay involved. And I think if there is a need, um, it's something that I would definitely consider.
1: As we, you know, uh, the national politics, and of course that uh, has repercussions all over. And as the political world gets a little bit more and has been in the last uh not just last few years, actually, the last couple of decades, probably has been a little bit more abrasive. You see more and more younger people not wanting to get involved in the political world, mm-hmm. in the public in the public world, whether it be even school board or a state level or, or at a local level. Is there a message that as someone who's been on the school board that you could uh, basically uh, give to our young listeners, that, not just young listeners, listeners of all ages, mm-hmm. who uh, are thinking about maybe, maybe I should run for the school board, maybe I should run for a town council. Maybe I should run for mm-hmm. some kind of a, of a local uh, office or statewide office, but sometimes you need that extra push. What would you tell them? What, what, are, what can drive someone to really be involved?
2: If you want to be a part of the change and not only see it being done by others, I would encourage anyone to take an opportunity, and you have nothing to lose. Um, I think any organization, any town, state, at whatever level, your time and volunteering will make a huge difference. What you gain is 10 times more than the amount of work that you will put in because you will be part of something much bigger than yourself. I am one school member of a group of eight, um, and we're nine all together. And the opportunity of me meeting other folks from other backgrounds with the same passion in education has been something that I feel has been amazing. Um, so I would encourage anyone to do some research, talk to a past member of that board, get to know some of the, some of the, uh, projects, issues that are really, you know, part of your town and see if that's something that interests you and you being a part of that solution, I think is something that I'm really glad to be a part of.
1: As we circle back to your school board position, what are some of the issues that uh, the school board, you as a member, and, and the entire school board are, are are dealing with right now in education?
2: Yeah, I yeah, I would say the biggest one right now is budgets, dollars, and having to be able to manage to those dollars and still provide a significant. In reputable program for our students in our district. I think budgetaries is a huge thing. Um, I think understanding technology and having technology at our fingertips because what I did in school is very different than how our children are learning because we have to build that next generation. So having the technology at our children's fingertips is really, really important and having the appropriate training with our teachers. So making sure that we have the budgetary to support that. I would say also having diversity. Diversity is something that, you know, we in the town of Canton, we want to make sure that we have that diversity within our town. And so having programs to include all folks, no matter what your likes are, what your beliefs are, and keeping everyone included is really important. Um, Another piece that I feel like our town is able to also do is having the arts and music and something that um, we're very, very proud of. Um, and it's something that we continue to try to raise the bar on.
1: Okay, as we end this conversation, first of all, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be on Politicus with us. It's important to have um, these Portuguese-Americans in all walks of life that are really involved in public service. It's a noble cause. Sometimes public service gets a bad rap uh, at any level, but um, it's uh, so important, as you stated, uh, to have Portuguese-Americans involved uh, in their own community. As we become more and more integrated in American society, I think that we do have to have a seat at the table, as you said, or else uh, we won't have a voice. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your service to your school board and to the community. Anyway, thank you so much, Hannah. We appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. And, and thank you again for the opportunity. And um, look forward in hearing the podcast when it's ready for publication.
1: Fantastic. And thank you all for being with us. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, Please remember iTunes, SoundCloud. uh, Please uh, subscribe. Please add a review. And please promote as uh, we are with you uh, and these great Portuguese Americans from all walks of life, from all the different states who are involved in public service. And we love featuring here on Politicus. Thank you again. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to Politicus. The official podcast of Palcus, the Portuguese American Leadership Council of the United States. Palcus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community at large. To learn more about Palcus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palcuspalcus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palcus@palcus.org. At The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palkus.